Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Law Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. It is. Yeah. Mm. Mm -mm. It's always comfy. That first time you're sitting down in a tavern, man, it's always the best. And speaking of this tavern, man, there's so much death. I've never seen so many bodies and guards rushing around and shrieks. Yeah. It's always nice to rest my legs, but man, this this place brings up the hairs on the back of my neck. Right? Yeah. And especially with the way, you know, things ended last time. It, uh, well, you know, kind of nerve-wracking, the whole, you know, what took place. Yeah, like I've spent a week having to look over my shoulder. I mean, it's been, dude, I murdered somebody. Well, I'm the accomplice. I was, I buried her. Yeah, that kind of does make you an accessory, doesn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's a good thing we uh, know the right palms to grease mm. because I'm just hoping this whole thing smooths right on over poor Stuga. I mean, she literally had something nice to say last week. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. She was actually ready and willing to help, but clearly, well, I think she kind of got what she deserved. But anyway. Can I get uh, you boys? Oh, um, you know, I since we're at the Gold Coast... This feels appropriate, so uh, golden lager for me. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb here, too, and uh, I would like the Kavach Watch Grenache. I don't even know what that is, but hey, we'll give it a shot. Coming right up. (laughs) All right, right on. So uh, anyway, catch up a little bit. What's been going on? What have you been doing? Tell me the deets. I've had had another busy week. Yeah, yeah, I spent part of the week uh, planning the Lore Seekers' first event for our guild, and uh, yeah, it's called the Wild Hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. So we're going to be doing a massive, multiple-hour guild-wide event called the Wild Hunt, where we are going basically going to try and hunt down as many world bosses as we possibly can and uh, slaughter them. And take their goods. Didn't, didn't we say, or didn't you say there was uh, like 114? Yeah, well, according to the interwebs, yes, there's 114 world bosses. There may or may not be more. I don't know when the last time that was counted, and I didn't count them all. But compiling our routes for the event, there's probably at least that many. Yeah. It's a lot. Mm. So, we got eight, so, so we got eight hours to kill 114 plus world bosses. Yeah, pretty ambitious. But we're going to have fun trying, for sure. Do that. And maybe we'll do a wild hunt part two and pick up where we leave off. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, so other than that, I wrote a couple articles mm-hmm. and uh, trudged around the snow in Orsinium trying to finish those quest lines. I f- absolutely folded over and I rolled my new tank, my Argonian Dragon Knight tank. Ooh. And. Yeah, I know. I'm like really excited to get working on that dude. Mm. And then I tried to figure out when my pre-order codes are going to arrive for the upcoming early access to <laughs> Somerset. Which, yeah. if you can, you can like picture or listen and try and hear for the sound of the can of worms opening. 
I just did it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, you and me both. We're both kind of, and we both got a, a little bit of something to talk about with that. But um, yeah, yeah. My my gaming this past week is has spent. I've been going around Wage Rider, Wage Rider. I started working on my. I seriously started working on my warden uh, for trying to level. That's what I'm gonna be using at the event. Use that for some levels and uh, use him for Maelstrom. So I've been working on that and uh, running around grabbing as many way shrines for the event as possible. And let me tell you, I've had to do five zones a day, uh, every day, just to remotely get ready for the event. Like, there's so many way shrines. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also, let me add that to my list. I did that starting at the beginning of the week. I started doing that, and then I think you just kind of figured out you're going to have to do the same thing. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. But I did get a bunch of sky shards. A bunch. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm up to like 30 sky shards now. That's awesome. Which you need. We'll talk about how many you're going to need uh, in today's show for the Sigic Order skill line and then jewelry craft it's true yeah this week on the show we're going uh over all kinds of good stuff but uh but uh before we get to that we probably should introduce ourselves so anyway welcome everybody <laughs> this is episode 12 of the lord seekers podcast uh we're your hosts i am jibs and i am joined by cash yes my name is cash welcome to the show let's talk about gamestop okay all right so Shall we? Yes. Um, <laughs> so, if you've been listening to this show, which is, it's funny because a lot of you, I, I, we're getting this just about every other day, if not every day. I just found you. I just found you. I just found you. And everyone's binge listening our episodes. They, uh, you know, it doesn't seem that long ago. In another episode, we were talking about how we both pre-ordered our physical collection editions from GameStop, and uh, there's been some issue. And with that, um, I'm going to let you take the lead here, and I'll follow up because I know you got something to say. I'm going to grab the soapbox. I do. I, I do, and um, I, I'm going to be nice because I'm generally a pretty nice guy, and I don't fly off into fits of rage on the mic. I usually do that off. Uh, but yeah, let's talk a little bit about my experience just this morning prior to walking into the tavern. It's getting really close Mm -hmm. to the time that we are going to be setting sail for Somerset. And I've seen a lot of folks who ordered digital pre-orders and you guys are all rocking your good stuff out there because I see it. And I was willing to let that go that I wouldn't get those pre-order items in game items until I get my physical box copy, which is fine. Right. No, that's not a big deal to me, but my big issue was early access. Mm -hmm. I want to be playing with my friends on May 21st, which is this coming Monday. (laughs) It's coming quickly. I have secured some time away from the workplace for said event. Uh, So, we're coming. We're down to the wire here. So today, long story short, I tried contacting GameStop. So, uh, without trying to disparage them too much, I literally waited thirty minutes on hold to talk to a live person. Mm-hmm. And then when I did talk to the live person, she looked at my account 
she found my pre-order and then she proceeded to tell me that I would get the box copy on the 21st. Cool. I actually paid the extra $10 to get the expedited shipping. So I was kind of happy about that. But then she said that I would get the code for the pre-order and early access in an email anywhere from two to four days after I receive my product. Uh, Not okay. So I figured, well, I wonder if this is, and I asked her, I said, is this an issue on the developer side, the company side, or is this an issue on your guys' side? She said, you should try calling the developer of the game. Okay, no problem. So I did, uh, I found a phone number for, I'm actually kind of happy with the way that ESOs handled it because I tried to find a phone number to call them. I found out they do not have like a live customer support that you can talk to. So I ended up actually called the company because that's the number I found. And it was a nice lady at the front desk. And she says, oh, let me, uh, let me forward you to our support line. So I went to the support line. I thought it was going to be a live person. It was not. But uh, I, so I had to leave a voicemail. But within two hours... I got a phone call back and I was like, Whoa. And in that time, during that time period, I had tweeted, uh, Tiso online to just to ask some question like, Hey, I'm really sorry that I'm bothering you guys with a support question, but blah, blah, blah. So Tiso online forwarded that request to customer service. So I not only got a phone call back on my, on my mobile, but I also got a tweet back and basically what transpired was that, yes, it, it's up to your retailer to get those codes. So this is a GameStop issue of sending that code two to four days late. And I tried to explain it to the poor lady on the phone that, okay, ma'am, so you do understand that I'm not going to be able to be part of early access like on day one with every other game that I've ever done early access for. Right. And she couldn't have given a crap less. It was so funny to like hear it. I mean, funny now that I'm on the air, but I was a little torqued. So anyway, now I'm kind of stuck in this limbo where I don't exactly know how I'm going to handle it because yeah. I think, I think Jibs, you, you're in the same exact boat that, that I'm in. We wanted to experience this whole thing together mm-hmm. and you actually tried to just cancel your pre-order with GameStop. And what did they say? I did. I tried to cancel it because I'm in the same boat. And it's like, you, you, we don't know what's going on and where our codes are, are at. Yeah, we're going to get our boxes, but we're not going to be able to have the codes to play the game, which at the same time is, is more upsetting for the podcast because, you know, we're not able to convey everything to the listener. And so that's, that's why it's even more important uh, that we get these codes. And so I'm like, all right, well, if this is the way it's going to be, I don't want to do this. But I, I guess I'll just cancel the physical pre-order and do the digital. So that way I, I could get in the game on Monday. Right. But the problem there is for me is that I'm, I like to collect things. Yeah, and me too. That is gonna, that's going to mean a no-go for, for my collection. So I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do yet, but I will, I'm going to guarantee you I will be in the game on day one with everybody else. Yeah. You know, All right. 
I, I, I'm going to be. So whatever I got to figure it out, I'm just going to get it figured out. But so I guess the bottom line of my story is absolutely not happy with GameStop because that is a giant load of BS for one. When you pay that amount of money to get something you expect and extra money. So it gets there on time. You expect that you're going to get that pre-order code. Now, if it was the code that was in the box that was going to give me access to everything, then I could totally understand that. But apparently it's a separate code. So kind of bummed on that, that that's not coming two to four days before. So it's like preloaded and ready to go. But in the same breath, actually it's quite a different breath because I was long-winded. But at the same time, I am happy with the response that we got from, that I was able to receive from Zoss. Like, it was really quick. I didn't even put in a ticket. I just like tweeted them and called them and I had an answer faster than I could have expected. So anyway, thank you for that um, to Zoss. But GameStop, if you're listening, you can suck it. <laughs> yeah, I tried to, when I tried to cancel mine, I couldn't even cancel. They refused to, they said you, you, you couldn't cancel because the order was so far along at this point. So now, you know, I was just going to do the digital pre-order, the digital collectors anyway. But so now I have literally no idea. I guess they said my package is waiting to be picked up. I have I don't know anything. I'm at their mercy. I'm at GameStop's 100% complete mercy. No idea if we'll be able to get it on Monday. But uh, yeah. So yeah. Hopefully. Hey, maybe I'm in the same boat. Maybe we're both in the same boat. That like our packages are like right there, ready to go, and they're gonna be here. I don't know. First thing Monday morning. You know, wishful thinking. Yeah. But then still, it's like to hear that two to four days afterwards is when we get our pre-order codes. Yeah. Lady, this ain't going to fly. <laughs> so whatever. Yeah. And see, my, oh, my person geez. told me, because I called them, my person told me that uh, your pre-order code will be in the box. It will be in the package. And then he also, yeah. in the same sentence, said they'll email you the codes. And I'm like, so wait, it comes in the package or it gets emailed? It comes in the package and it gets emailed to you. I'm like, all right, I don't understand what's happening at this point. But anyway, so yeah, let me just read the Bethesda support thing real quick. The codes for your pre-order bonuses, the nightmare cinch mount and queen bounties pack queen's bounty pack will be a key. You will receive from your retailer. Oh, hey, well, hang on a second. You will get the game code in the box that will allow you to play during early access. Okay. So see, this is, this is the full Bosmer of cash. Sometimes as I reread this, this means that the pre-order bonuses come later, but if that box shows up on my doorstep first thing Monday morning, please, 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 that the game code's in that box. That allows you to play during early access. I feel better. Live on the show, I feel better. Okay. All right. Well, good. Now that's worked out. It's not so bad. Somebody's got to wait for the package. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. So watch the package doesn't show up until oh freaking soon does. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, that'd be terrible. All right. So anyway, uh, we got to do a show. So anyway, this week on the show, this is our prelude to Somerset. And uh, we're going to be talking everything from factions. We, we previously we said we weren't going to do this, but we are. We're doing a factions for Somerset. We're going to talk history and lore from the lore master and lead writer themselves. Uh, then we're also going to be doing the lore lesson. We're moving this up. We're doing the lore lesson on the Dark Brotherhood. So that's my favorite. Yes, I'm excited about that. 
I'm going to be kind of excited about that because, uh, and we decided to move it up just because of what happened on the show last week. Um, I figured if I gave them some love, maybe they'll leave me alone, but that's yet to be seen. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I hope I get invited. That's all I'm saying. I'm the one who wants to be a part of this. You're dirty. You can have it. Hey, you two. Give us some news. Okay. Well, I guess we'll get started. Um, so, for those of you who are big into Twitch, uh, they put this article, or they, as in Elder Scrolls Online, put this article out. Uh, Twitch drops and more are coming to the Elder Scrolls Online. So, I'm just going to read this to you. This is kind of a meaty system, and I know there was at least one person out there who, who didn't understand this. Uh, and so they're depending on us. <laughs> they're depending on us to uh, explain this. So, uh, Oh, jeez, I can't even get my pre-order right. I know. All right, so... <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. All right, so uh, I watched that movie this past week. Good movie. Um, so let's read this. Very soon you'll be able to earn unique crown crates just by watching The Elder Scrolls online on Twitch. And they're bringing crown crates, ESO Plus, and ESO Somerset to the games on Twitch digital store. I didn't know Twitch had a digital store. Apparently I'm behind the times. Yeah, guess, guess where I'm going right after we record this. Mm, digital store, right? With this new system, you'll be able to receive in-game rewards, be able to enjoy ESO-themed Twitch goodies, buy crown packs, buy an ESO Plus membership, and buy ESO Somerset directly from Twitch itself, all while supporting your favorite streamers at the same time. Now, to ensure you are eligible to receive an ESO Twitch drop, or make ESO purchases from the games on Twitch store when they go live, which I believe is the 21st, you must first link your ESO and Twitch accounts. So here's how you do that. Number one, log into your ESO account at account.elderscrollsonline.com. Number two, navigate to your linked accounts. Select link Twitch account, and then confirm by logging into your Twitch account. Now, keep this in mind, this is only for PC and Mac ESO users at this time. I know half our listener base just did a facepalm because I know their console. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, this is, uh, PC and Mac only for now. I, I know they're going to do this on console eventually. They have to because I know Rocket League does, so they have to be able to do this. Uh, Twitch great. So, beginning on May 21st, should you make any ESO purchase via the games on Twitch store and have a linked ESO account? you'll receive a free Twitch crate. Now, this crate contains one ESO-themed Twitch emote. There's eight in total. Uh, there's, I believe there's one with uh, Mike, and then you've got... Um, oh, man, I can't think of his name. Uh, where's the pan, the pot on his head? Uh, main storyline. Um, you're, 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 making me, you're making me do this. You know it, too. Uh, Caldwell. Yeah. <laughs> I got you it. did it, buddy. I was you watching your face. He's kept smiling and staring. You're such a jerk. Shake the cobwebs. You're such a jerk. Uh, let's see. So you also get an Ouroboros Twitch chat badge and a single Vulcan Ouroboros Boros crown crate. So when you receive a Twitch crate, you can open it directly from your Twitch inventory, and the crown crate will be delivered straight to your linked ESO account. Okay. So Nice. You like it? Speaking of this new crown crate, let's check this out. 
So with this crown crate, you can get a random selection of in-game consumables, such as crown poisons, mimic stones, which allow you to craft any styles, what that is, uh, writing lessons, or experience scrolls. Eh. Yeah, those are the cards that everybody just like, click, 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 yeah. until they get to their, yeah. until they get to the real cards. To the nitty gritty. Uh, you also have an extremely rare chance <laughs> to contain, Ew. that doesn't sound good, to contain an exclusive cinch of Scarlet Regret mount or cinch cub of Scarlet Regret. Now those are cool mounts. That's, uh... They are cool mounts, and I'm actually really glad that they're not doing, like, some purple-colored mount with a branded T for Twitch on it. Yeah, the moment that... That would really bum me out. Yeah, the moment <laughs> that ESO starts carrying branded stuff, then... I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Uh, keep our lore, man. Keep our lore. Keep it sacred. Please, please. Note that beyond the typical common and fine rewards found in regular crown crates and on rare occasions, the above mountain pet, the Welkin Ouroboros crown crates do not contain any other tier of items. Okay, so when the Twitch drops go live, all that being said, you'll have a chance to receive the new crown crate at the end of a supported stream, not during it. Should you win, you'll receive an email letting you know You'll be excuse me. You'll then be able to find your new crate, then ESO's in-game crown crates menu. All right. So to get even a crate, you have to watch the entirety of a stream. You're not going to get it during. You're going to get it as the streamer finishes up. Which I see why they did that. I understand why they did that because that's going to force me to put more people to watch Twitch, which hopefully will boost their Twitch numbers. Because I know there are a few Twitch streamers out there that do gather a, a pretty good following. But for the most part, ESO is not a huge Twitch draw that I'm aware of. Unless I, if I'm completely wrong, I'm sorry. Except for when they do the Bethesda, the Bethesda live streams. So this is a way. I imagine their thought process is to bring more people to watching ESO on Twitch. Right. And I think uh, I think this is actually a good idea. It's kind of a cool little collaboration between them and Twitch. And if you haven't watched Twitch content, a lot of times there's folks that are doing dungeons and trials and stuff, yeah. and they put those right. um, in their streams. Yep. It's a really good way to learn the mechanics of dungeons and especially trials. So don't count it out. If you're not doing anything and you got you got some time and you can't be in game, then pop on a Twitch stream. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, there. I do like watching those for particularly the raids as getting ready to step into hopefully doing raiding soon. So, yeah, check that out if you're into Twitch. There you go. Get you some free stuff. Now, the main thing, the nitty-gritty of this episode starts right now. So, this article was put out probably, what, like three, at least three episodes ago. And we weren't going we to go over it because we wanted to be completely blind going into this, but... We couldn't help ourselves, and we wanted to get you guys ready for Somerset, so here we are. We're not going to any story, we're not going into any of that, so you don't have to worry, there isn't any spoilers. We're just talking about the factions, what we'll come in contact with. So, discover Spoiler. the organ... The Sigic Order's there. <laughs> oh, thanks. Sorry. I wasn't for sure if we'd see him or not. I thought maybe they took him out. 
Uh, That's what Lawrence said. He said the Cedric Order is there. <laughs> it was there, man. All right. So discover the organizations you'll encounter in Somerset. So let's go over these here. First organization is the Divine Prosecution. These guys are pretty cool. Pretty rad. I believe if you pre-order, you'll get their armor style. Uh, ESO Lore Master ex- explains uh, Lawrence Schick, by the way, that's his name. Quote, unlike the local watch, the Divine Prosecution are a kind of state-level law enforcement organization. They are tasked with enforcing not just the temporal laws, but also the religious laws of the High Elves, meaning they are the ones who hunt down heresy and primarily means danger worship. That is the um, Altmer version of the FBI mixed with the Illuminati. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of terrifying, actually, but pretty cool. It makes me feel like they're always watching. You know, and I, I know the situation yeah, is into that, so we're gonna, you know, talk about that a little bit. But I feel like, I mean, these guys are pretty much the cops of Somerset. That's that's what I gather. Yeah, and they're everywhere, ready to enforce uh, all the laws. They're headquartered in Alino, or Alinor. I'm pretty sure it's what that's supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Alino <laughs> is not part of the new chapter. Oh, oh man. And it was Oh, somebody just went full Bosmer on the show. <laughs> and it was at this point that our Discord chat filled up with Alano. What was it? What did I say? Alanos? <laughs> it's Alano. Alanor. All right. Headquarter in Alanor. <laughs> Never go full Bosmer. All right. As a player, when you explore the aisle, you're in ca- you will encounter the organization as either someone who is suspected of deity worship or someone who can help them in their investigations. When they type stuff like that, and I know I'm reading far too much into this, but it makes me feel like I have a choice. Like, oh, I can get into deity worship? Or, oh, I'm, I can help you. Okay. Oh, that's maybe cool. not Daedra worship, but maybe Daedra summoning a la the summoner type mm. uh, yeah. sorcerer class. I feel like what they're saying there is before you initiate a conversation, they're going to assume you're in the day of your worship, then afterwards they're going to say, hey, here's a quest, come help us. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've got the Sigic Order, which we've talked about numerous times. For those of you who don't know who these guys and gals are, they are the masters of magic and mysticism. Secret, very ancient group, uh, rumored to be the first people to systematically study and control magic in Tamriel. They are based on the island of Arteum. The Sigic Order's headquarters has vanished centuries ago, and uh, they took the island with it. And uh, you'll discover firsthand what their return means for the people of Somerset and beyond. So these guys only show up when something's going down. Like, they were away for a while. Yes. And they, uh, the Sigic Order, as you know, if you've listened to our lore lessons, they are the reason that the Mages Guild on Greater Tamriel was founded in a nutshell was because some of the Sigics felt that magic should be accessible to anybody. So there was that break off and um, then the Mages, the Mages Guild was formed, but the Sigic order itself having disappeared, um, being based on the Island of Arte. Um, um, Arte, um, stop it. You stop. <laughs> they, <laughs> they uh, did 
return on occasion to basically counsel the High Elves on matters taking place within the world. So maybe this is another one of those reasons that they're returning. Hey, why are these people coming back to our island? Let's go back. Let's tell them to not do that. Just I don't like, know. You never know. Just like that. So. And exactly. Samuel like Jackson showed up randomly in the shit the whole conversation. He's awesome. He is awesome. He's still awesome. Like Denzel Washington. Still doing movies. Um, yep. Alright, so the Sapiarchs are next. They, I, I, I am... After watching the ESO Live and after reading this, I think they're probably one of my favorite organizations so far. They are, sage, aside from Sigic Order, they are sages and academics. They are keepers of knowledge in Somerset and custodians of the Crystal Tower. They are based in the city of Lilandril. Got that one right. Uh, currently led by the sage known as Larnatil. Oh, Larnatil. Larnatil. There you go. And the group forms an essential part of the administration of High Elf Society. The sap- Total douches. The Sapiarchs have complete control over the Crystal Tower and the knowledge it contains. And as you explore Somerset, you'll have the opportunity to learn more about their studies and place in High Elf Society. Lawrence says, quote, Every Sapiarch is reputa- reputably the most knowledgeable person in the Somerset Isles about their speciality of mysticism, science, history, mythology, whatever. They There are sapiarchs for everything, and they are in charge of the heritage of knowledge within their area and enhancing and refining what knowledge within certain limitations. They're all lore masters. Yep, pretty much. Wow. And we're going to kind of go over these um, extensive, a little bit more, and I'll kind of explain why I like them so much later when we talk about the ESO Live. But very, very cool organization. At face value, you're kind of like, eh, all right, but no, they they really are really cool. Um, then we got the House of Reveries. Pretty uh, pretty predominant group here in the uh, old Somerset Isle. They are a performing troop, is what they're calling it. Uh, they're based in Rellenthill. The House of Reveries entertains and delights their audiences with live performances in the heart of Somerset. They're very secretive, mysterious members of the House of Reveries cover their faces while performing with colorful and exotic masks. And that's a big part of oh, doing what they do. Wow. That just got real. Yeah. Because uh, before I was like, eh, whatever. They're yeah. thespians. Kind of cool, but yeah. But that part? Wow. While their masks. Secretive and mysterious. I know. They are. Well, here's the reason why. While their masks play an important part in their shows and add dramatic effect. They actually allow them to perform without fear of suffering from the high elves, sometimes overdeveloped sense of propriety. Hmm. <laughs> Don't defend me. <laughs> yeah, it just means that they're so judgmental mm-hmm. with everything. Mm-hmm. Free to practice their art, whatever it may be, those who join the House of Reveries discover a new life that is theirs for the making. And apparently we may get to join them. Uh, should you find yourself in need of distraction or entertainment, you can make your way to the Manor of Masks in Relenthill and be prepared to enjoy the show. Uh, if Debella has granted you the talent, you might even find your way onto stage. Whoa. So yeah, there you go. Mm. And that, my friends, is the organizations of Somerset. So yeah. The nitty gritty. I like it. Yeah, it's all very high elven. It is. There, it's everything in the news today is kind of meaty. There's a lot to just about every topic, and 
I think. What do you think Somerset's going to think of my new Argonian tank? Well, I don't think they'll want to touch him because we all know that's gross. That's it, Scaly. Yeah. Well, I am from a swamp. It's true. It is true. I'll probably be maining my Altmer there, is my thought. But at some point, my scaly buddy is going to uh, set foot in Somerset. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. See how the racism uh, works out. <laughs> <laughs> eh, we'll see how we'll see how intense yeah. the racism is. You know, if it's see how people <laughs> like lizards. <laughs> oh man! All right. So they also put out another article: "Boundless Adventure Awaits." in Somerset. Now, this article, the whole point of this was to get you ready as far as to what you can expect. Kind of a good refresher. In a lot of ways, it kind of delves more into more of the details of the PvE side of things. So, six new world bosses. Speaking of world bosses. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, We get uh, six new uh, world bosses here. These include giant crabs, salamanders, which I saw an image of one of those. looks pretty rad. Griffins, and more. Um, defeat these, and you'll pick up some Overland set items. Ex- uh, boasting rights, yeah. You can also acquire daily quests to purge Somerset's world bosses from just a car for within the city of Alanor. Got it that time. <laughs> he, just, he just looked at me and winked. <laughs> Got it. All right. Nailed it. <laughs> Great success! Uh, all right, two. Uh, we're also getting two new public dungeons: uh, the Smuggling Cove of Carnwaston and the City of Sunholt. There's a little bit of lore behind these. Carnwaston uh, is the Pirate Cove, has long served as a smuggling hub for Somerset. However, after being betrayed by his first mate, an enterprising Khajiit merchant named Renzir requires your help to recover his goods and locate his lost wife. While exploring uh, the dungeon, you'll acquire the overland set items and quest rewards. I like this part because this is awesome. If you're a pet lover, you'll also have a chance to pick up a room box, a room box fragments, excuse me, that you can combine to earn a unique collectible. The big-eared ginger cat. Cash is in. I, <laughs> I like my cats. As soon as I saw that cat, I'm like, oh, hmm. Cash wants it. Cash, help me find my wife. She owes me money. I will give you a cat. <laughs> a little one. With a massive ears. Uh, then we got Sunhold. Uh, within the majority of the High Elf fleet serving the Old Mary Dominion, the Sea Elves have invaded the idyllic uh, southern coastal city. Help Kin Lady Helen- Helenir repel the ancient enemy. For What? 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 What did I All do? All these wrong? memes. I'm just watching you struggle with oh, these words. I'm almost sweating. This is awful. And you know what? Let okay. me let me preface this. I'm not the only one who struggles. By the way, if you watch the ESO live, yeah, community managers, I'm looking at you. You struggle too. We all struggle. Eh. Motif. Motif. <laughs> Whatever. Wink. All right. Uh, let's see. Repel the ancient enemy, free their prisoners, and save Sunhold. Uh, like Carnwaston, Sunhold also rewards you with the Overland set items and quest rewards, but has its own unique collectible as well. The mystical Sigic Glow Globe Emote. 
Cool. Mm. Yeah, we're into that. There you go. Uh, also talk about Abyssal Geysers. Well, we've got six of those that are available. Uh, I do. I don't know the right, how to say this correctly, but geysers will spawn monstrous waves of Yagra. I think that's how you say it. Nailed it. And the undead. Man, I am. This words today. These are intense, and they must be shut down before all Somerset is overwhelmed. The quicker you cut through the waves of monsters, the more challenging the final boss will be. So, the more people, the harder it will be. Should you manage to destroy the Abyssal Pearl and stop the geyser, you can be rewarded with jewelry for the Overland set items and more, making these new group activities worth the risk. All right, so if you haven't picked up on this, the Overland set... That's a big factor in, in uh, Good Old Somerset. That is going to be a very popular spot because they said the one word that everybody likes right now, and that word is jewelry. Mm-hmm. So yep. I hope it's a challenge. I really do hope these Abyssal Geysers are a challenge, like way harder than Dolmens. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be a fun refresher because, I mean, shoot, Dolmens has been around for years. You know, to have something that's new and different and far more challenging, that'd be awesome. Um, so, six new delves. Each location has its own story, quest, and boss, and each rewards you with the Overland set items. Again, upon completion. You can get delve daily quests from Jessicar to Norian within the city of Alinor. Uh, let's see. This one, probably going to be recognizable to quite a few of you um, from... Uh, Vardenfell or Clockwork City Zones. There is a unique, quote, museum quest. Museum quest. Goodness. Nice. You can complete in Somerset. So what you're going to do, you're going to travel to Artam, find the Relic Master, Glenadir, within the vault of Moita, and help the Sigic Order acquire the missing relics that are, quote, totally safe to handle and only a little cursed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I like this. The last part. Should you complete the quest and collect all the relics, you'll be rewarded with the fan of false face furnishing. For the tavern! Yep, this furnishing item can be placed in your home, and when activated, it will transform you into a monkey. Excuse me, what? Yeah, so that's the thing. Um, And this one, if you are a crafter, this is a title that a lot of people are going to be probably searching for, and I would love to know when the first person gets this. Become a Grand Master Crafter. So, the Isle of Somerset features three different set crafting stations that you can discover during your travels. Okay, These locations include jewelry crafting stations that you can use to create the custom rings and jewelry. To earn, This is the big part. To earn the Master Crafter achievement, you must complete the following achievements. Profession Master. You must earn a rank 50 for all crafting professions. You also have Unsurpassed Crafter. Complete 100 Master Writs. Trait Master. You must research every available weapon and armor trait at least once. Wow. Um, yeah. Jewelry Trait Master. You gotta learn all the jewelry crafting traits. You gotta learn the Nernhone trait. You gotta be. You also get the True Style Master, which is collect and learn 50 full motifs. My goodness. <laughs> Recipe Compendium. Learn 100 provisioning recipes. 
And then uh, potency, which is translate all the potency runes. And then botanist. Le learn every trait for a wide variety of alchemy reagents. Whew. So. Oh, boy. Do all this. And you unlock the Grand Master Crafter title and the incredible Skyforge Smith Hammer outfit style. That's a formidable task. That's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. A lot of, I bet you there's there's probably people who are already there. I mean, guaranteed there's already people that are there minus the uh, jewelry crafting professions master. Right. Once they hit that, once they hit 50 in jewelry crafting, then they should get all those traits. Yeah. Yeah, get all the traits. Get all, yep. That's pretty it's cool, cool though. It's cool that you get a title though. I like that. Yeah, I do too. It's and I was it's funny that they, you know, do something like this. I was really thinking the other day of past MMOs we played that's given you a title for something that you've worked towards, you know, that's very very much in depth. It takes you a long time to get. Uh, I like this, especially if you're a new player. Yes. So that's yep. good. Um, all right. So that's getting you ready for Somerset as far as some of the little more details and stuff that you can look forward to. That being said, I did it ESO Live for us. Uh, it was back, I think it was May 11th. And uh, it's Somerset's story and lore. Now, this thing is an hour and ten minutes long. We're not going to talk about everything. We're just going to talk some of the high notes here. So, it really started getting interesting around nine minutes in. For those of you who didn't know, the city of Shimmering is the gateway to Somerset. Meaning, this is where all players start in this DLC. Shimmer Shimmering, excuse me, is the major trading hub of Somerset, as far as lore-wise is concerned. The, uh, let's see. The High Elves, I like this, because this reminds me of your Argonian. The High Elves will actually react to you in different ways to all the newcomers showing up. Many have not met any other race. They've only ever known High Elves because they live on Somerset. Your race will affect how the High Elves address you. I... Loved this part when I was listening to Lawrence talk about this. Mm -hmm. um, was it well, hmm, was it Lawrence or was it Bill Slavisek? I'm not sure. But one of them was talking in this video about how you have to kind of understand that they they've been so segregated. The Altmer have been so segregated there that this could be the first time they've seen another race. And then he also mentioned that because they're such perfectionists in the things that they do, they have spent a mass majority of their time, vast majority of their time in this world trying to perfect those things that they're best at. That is, they're so set on, on finding their way in the world and making whatever it is that they do perfect. So they're, you know, they just don't have, never had time for outside travel so a lot of the ones that you see have just been so segregated that you're going to surprise them. They're not going to have ever seen an Argonian or a Bosmer. Or... I, I thought that was really interesting. I agree. Yeah, I never even thought about it. You know that there are people there. All they've ever known their whole life is high elves. And all they've ever known is the dip diplomacy and all the just the snooty crap that happens between just different families oh, and everything of high elves. Take it easy. <laughs> It could ease. So yeah, I look forward to that. I want to be there. I I definitely want to make a Bosmer just to just to go there and see what they say. 
That would yep. that would be the epitome of fun. Uh, Somerset has a larger playable area than Vardenfell. It's actually about 20% larger. I guess there's a whole lot of players that were concerned that Morrowind was actually bigger um, than Somerset. And the reason why they're, they're saying that is because how the island is all kind of congregated together is when it comes to Morrowind. Whereas with Somerset, stuff's far more broken up. So when you first look at it, you may think, oh, well, it's not as big. Well, in actuality... It is. It's just everything's kind of pieced together. It's not just one massive area, just like Morrowind is. Um, this talks about the Sapiarchs a little bit. They each have their own speciality, which we talked about earlier. So you're going to see Sapiarchs for clothing, Sapiarchs for food and wine. Like That's their specialty. That's what they focus on. Uh, typically, they hold their position for life, although they do have apprentices. So Sapiarchs are constantly perfecting and learning about whatever it is that they're doing, well, at the same time, they're preparing the future generation with an apprentice. So, apprentice, sapiarch for, you know, it could be anything from weapons. You know, it's just all everything. They're all about knowledge with everything. Sapiarchs um, regard the mages guild as infantile, almost kind of like just like a cute little puppy dog. They don't take them seriously. They tolerate the mages guild more than the Sigic order does, though. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess they have... I wonder if the Sigic Order just upsets them. Maybe the High Elves think that the Sigic Order is too hoity-toity for them. They're like, gosh, Sigic Order? Those guys are douchebags. (laughs) Well, what I want to know is how people within the Order uh, regard Galarian with the Mages Guild. Was it a bad breakup? I mean, obviously they don't really think too highly of it. So... I don't think they did because they they didn't believe that magic should be accessible to everybody. They didn't think people would have the responsibility to be able to wield it correctly. Right. And Vanis Galarian thought differently. Right. So it's pretty much he pretty much went against one of the main pillars of the belief system over there. So yeah, I look forward to right because because breaking up is hard to do. It is. Uh, new music. For those of you who didn't know, I didn't even know this. I just, I guess, assumed, but I didn't know for sure. Do you know Zenimax has their own composer that does everything? I did know that. I think that's the coolest yes. thing ever. It's yes, so incredibly cool. Um, so, yeah, for those of you playing PTS, there is a pretty large update coming, and it's all the music. Uh, we've got new orchestral pieces that we'll be able to listen to. And for those of you who are fans of this podcast, well, good news. We'll be getting six brand new Bard songs. So yeah, I, I hope they do a new rendition of Red Diamond is really what I'd like. Oh, man, I'd like that on vinyl, a limited edition. <laughs> because Gold we plated. clearly don't hear Red Diamond enough. <laughs> it's probably playing in the background right now. It's probably right now, Red Diamond. Mm. Mm. The feels. All right. So. Right. <laughs> Fun fact, Queen Irene is younger than other elves, or most elves, in power. Uh, she's under 50. She's a youngin'. Sweet. She's in my wheelhouse. She's available. Yeah. Baby uh, girl's uh, in my wheelhouse. <laughs> um, Sunhold Dungeon is one of the largest cities in Somerset, even Alenor. One of the reasons it's being rated by the high elves, or sorry, sea elves, is because it's so vast and it's easy to access. So. There you go. Now you said that. Now I'm going to have to cover the sea elves. Mm, yep. We're going to do it. 
Uh, there are eventually there are new creatures, and now check this out. Um, so Lawrence brought up this comment that there was a sapiarch there, who was kind of you know his speciality was the creatures of ancient Somerset. So we're going to encounter a specific sapiarch that his whole life goal is to bring back those ancient creatures, to bring back what was you know originally on the island. And there's some people that are going to disagree with that. So that'll be something we can look forward to. New creatures. Uh, many legends surrounding the Crystal Tower. We do know at some point we will be seeing the Crystal Tower up close and personal. Um, as far as Arteum is concerned, uh, they kind of went into the Sigic Order a little bit. Talked about how they follow the, quote, old ways. Uh, the Sigics follow mysticism, which we know. Now this part I didn't know. And this part is cool because you can actually, for the most part, they will the Sigics will never say this, but you can kind of piece this together as you're questing, as you're experiencing Somerset. You can find up, find this stuff out. So they are concerned about the eleven forces that make up reality in Tamriel. There are some lore books in the game that will tell you the names of these forces, uh, and there's, and they actually the Sigics themselves they won't tell you this stuff. This, there's some things, some secrets that they keep to themselves. This is one of them. So if you want to learn what these forces are, we will encounter these throughout various lore books in Tamriel. As, I'm sorry, Somerset. So we can look forward to that. Uh, I like it. Me too. I like that. And, and this is something that, you know, lore is a big part of this show. Um, hence lore seekers. But one thing I always can appreciate, I will always appreciate, is the fact that there is never one set way of interpreting lore. It's based off the uh, um, what would you call it? Point of view of the person who's telling it to you from within the game. Right. So you get, and I think it's that way in a lot of lore everywhere. It's that way. It's it's based on the person who experienced it or the tale that was told to them Right. as they chronicle the history of whatever it is you're talking about. Yeah. So, the Sigic Order really is, I think, it, it's such an old entity that I really hope they filled the game with, uh, you know, the expansion, the chapter, with a lot of good telling things. So, I mean, a lot of this new chapter is going to rewrite, maybe not rewrite, but add to the information that's out there for sure. There's going to be a lot more stuff that you can uh, that we're going to be able to cover. So you know, maybe we'll do an update on the Sigic Order in a year and see where we've gotten. See what we've learned in a year. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, so the they they actually have a talisman that's on their robes, and you know that kind of represents like the Sigic Order is all about the eye, and so when they're wearing this talisman, it kind of represents that they see all, they see everything. Because I didn't realize this, and maybe they brought it up at some point, but the Sigics watch over Tamriel with portals. That's what they do. They are always watching over everything happening in Tamriel. So, when you're questing, guess what? Someone's watching. <laughs> Big brother! <laughs> Creepy. You thought you were having a game session by yourself, just kind of chill out? Nope. Being watched. So anyway, uh, long story short... Um, we will eventually, I think, be able to work up within the Sigic Order and acquire robes with said talisman on it. 
So. Oh, shut up. So awesome. It is awesome. Hey, hey look who's here. Look behind you. Look who just walked in. Oh, hey. It's our favorite kitty. It's a kajite. What's up, man? What you got for us? Maik knows much and tells some. Maik knows many things others do not. All right. I dig it. Have a seat. Welcome to the show. Uh, bartender, next round on me. Coming right up. All right. So now that Maik has uh, graced us with his presence, we are going to have a little conversation here because, really, when you think about it, the boats are ready. Pack your stuff. We are going to Somerset like, ready, very quickly. If you've mm-hmm. pre-ordered the game, you are going to be there with us, and we're going to be setting sail probably like Sunday night. Shouldn't take too long to get there. But um, we wanted you to be prepared. So along with the lore that we're talking about today and the things that have been covered recently, we're going to give you some tips for you to prepare your characters. For the journey to Somerset. So, first off and foremost, make sure you do the Somerset Prologue quest. This is one of the easiest things that you can do. Oh yeah, it kind of sets the stage, sets the stage for the story. If you, the quest isn't very long either. If you have not done this yet, it's very easy to get. Just grab the. It's called the Mages Guild Message Stone. It's in the Crown Store and it's free. Yep. So it'll probably take you 20 minutes to do the quest. It's actually kind of neat. Uh, Vanis Galarian will yell at you and uh, you'll take a little trip. And... So much. Yeah, he's a little hoity. So, okay, so some of the things are going to take a little bit more time. You're definitely going to need way shrines. So, as far as we can gather, the Sigic Order quest line itself will take you to a bunch of different locations all across Tamriel. So, in order to prepare for this, opening up way shrines like Jibs and I just did, but we did it for <laughs> for our event. Actually, we're glad we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really good way to prepare so you can travel quickly when the time comes. So I actually did a little bit more research in it and found that uh, I found an article on MMOBits.com uh, written by ZamZam. And it's a big list of zones that you're, you will need to have way shrines to make your travel easy during the Sigic Order quest line. So what I did was I put it into an article for you. I'm not going to go over every single one of these, but if you want to play it safe, just pick them all up. It's going to take you some time to do that, but there are specific ones that you'll need to pick up and I'm not going to go over all, but it goes across all three of the factions and you will need to pick some of these up. If you want to make it quick, if you want to make it part of your journey, then, you know, who cares? Just play it out. And if you need to pick one up later, then just travel to it. But anyway, if you want that list, it is on our website for the podcast, and there's a full list there. Just let's talk. Just binge, just binge listen to the uh, Lord Seekers. Just turn us up and just start running, man. Because let me tell you, there's a lot of wish rides in Tamriel. Yeah, if you haven't, or if you haven't been playing the game for a long time, there's a lot of stuff that that um, you'll need to pick up if you haven't picked up all the wish rides. But it's actually kind of a fun experience. You end up seeing a lot of the countryside, tons of the zones. And you can pick up the easy sky shards at the same time. Mm-hmm. Speaking of sky shards, mm-hmm. let's talk about skill points. Yes, please. Yeah, so one of the spoilers we did come across um, in our attempt to not see any spoilers was that both the Sigic Order 
and the jewelry crafting skill lines will take 38 total skill points. So it would be Sigic Order skill line will be 20 skill points, and the jewelry crafting skill line will cost 18 skill points to complete in total. So we're going to go over some easy ways, just real quickly, for you to get some of those. So don't forget, leveling a character from 1 to 50 is going to net you some skill shard, or some skill points. Sky Shards. Every three Sky Shards that you collect within the world will net you one skill point. Mm -hmm. The main storyline quests in each faction's main storyline and then the downloadable content will give you skill points. And then you can find what you haven't earned in your quest achievements. Just go into there and scroll down under quest achievements and you'll find it. Mm -hmm. Guild quest lines. So the Fighters, Mages, Thieves Guild, and Dark Brotherhood will also net you skill points for doing those quests. I'm not sure if it's all of the quests or I think it's all the main, yeah, the main stuff. Then you get a skill point for each of those. Right. Every time you run a dungeon for the first time, the quest within that dungeon will get you a skill point when you complete it. And then also in PvP. Every time you rank up in PvP, you will gain a skill point. There you go. So, let's talk about some ways to do some spring cleaning. Mm. Now is a great time to start cleaning out some of your bank Clean space and bank. inventory space. Yeah, I know it's very hard to do in this game because there's so much stuff to pick up. But now is a good time. Before you get on that ship and take off, you will want to clean out your space so sell it deconstruct old gear unless you need it but that's a good idea jewelry mm. this one made me sad right at first but i've kind of gotten over it so i remember when they announced jewelry crafting the first thing that i did was start hoarding all the jewelry i could get and I didn't get very far before Zoss confirmed that you will not be able to deconstruct jewelry you're currently holding on to for Somerset. You can't deconstruct it, but you will still be able to upgrade, transmute, or research your existing jewelry. So that, the research part I really, I didn't get to too much because if you can't break it, I guess if you can't break it down, then you could research it. But that is still a reason to keep it. So you can keep one of each type so that you can research them. Right. Still not that much. You can't deconstruct it for, for materials, but um, it's not completely lost. Okay, champion point level. If you can, do your best to have your champion point level at 160 prior to the launch of Somerset. And the reason for this is because you can start collecting the new Somerset gear at the highest level right from the start. So if you're not if you're not there already, throw on a set of training gear, get out there, start grinding, use XP scrolls, use Acidic Ambrosia, and try and get yourself leveled up to 160 as quick as you can. Mm -hmm. So if you're really looking to maximize your experience and understanding of the Somerset story, there are some quest lines that you can do. We've talked we've talked a little bit about some of them. But if you want the full experience and really be able to recognize all the characters that you're going to meet or see, you know, for instance, Razumdar, you're going to see him over there again. He's in all the trailers for Somerset, so you're going to end up seeing him over there. But in order to understand, like, Raz's history, where he comes from, what he was doing, 
And then a lot of the, the other host of characters that you see, these are the quest lines or the zones that should be completed. It's a lot. So <laughs> if you haven't already started on it, you're probably not going to You can to do this it. over the but, weekend. This would be great for you. <laughs> yeah, you may end up divorced or <laughs> your child Very might be in protective services by the time you're done. Oh, man. But anyway. So the main quest line uh, for the game and Cold Harbor, that will allude to the story. The Dark Brotherhood will allude to it a little bit. So you're going to see these characters there is basically what they're saying. Morrowind, Clockwork City, the Aldmeri Dominion quest line, most particularly on Aradon, because that's going to introduce you to Raz right there. And uh, Daggerfall, Rivenspire, and then Evermore. Those are going to be the ones that are really going to help you to fully understand the experience when you're in Somerset. So I hope you, yeah, I think a lot of people are kind of doing some of this stuff, but if you're not, hope you enjoy our, our uh, few little things to kind of get you started because I think uh, it's coming quicker than we, than we know it. So we just want to make sure that you are prepared. Agreed. Dude, I tell you what, uh, running, what was I doing? Yeah, this morning I was actually going through Rivenspire on my five zones a day goal that I have to complete to get ready for Saturday's event. Uh I tell you what, man, a Rivenspire, that is a gnarly looking zone. It it's awesome. Looks that's a place I want to see the lore. I have, have you done the lore, the all the quest line in Rivenspire? No, I've done a bunch of grinding there for gear, but I haven't done the zone. I haven't completed the zone. I want to know that story because there, it, like, there's it's obviously just filled with war. There's bodies randomly out throughout the whole region. I mean, there's just corpses. They're covered. Some of them are covered in wagons. Some are just laying exposed on the on the plains. I mean, this is intense. So, we will be most definitely checking that out. Um, Jibs? Sir? Um, who? Come closer and let me look into your eyes. No remorse. No mercy. Yes, you do have the eyes of a killer. How many lives ended looking into those eyes? Enough that the Night Mother has noticed, obviously. Which brings us both to this place and time. Well, the Night Mother... Jibs, um... I... Yeah, but those people were bad people. They're great, I love them. They... They were bad. I mean, I know who you are. I'm I think I, I think I know who you are. Who, who are you? I am a speaker for the Dark Brotherhood. I speak with the voice of the Night Mother. I act with the hands of our dread father, Sithis. I have an offer to make to one so skilled in the art of murder, an invitation, if you will. <laughs> skilled in murder? What are you even? Hey, look! When I'm out, when I'm out there adventuring, these are things that attack me. It, are you talking about Stuga? I'm skilled in murder. Oh. Bite me, not him. Me. Oh. No. I told you this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. Why did she have to bring? I buried her. Please invite me. No. What do you call it? Self-defense? Justice? Did they all deserve to die? <laughs> How you justify your actions does not matter. 
All souls belong to Sithis in the Void. We are simply the instruments of their delivery. Well, I guess I don't feel so bad now, but... I guess not everybody deserved to die, but... I, I don't get it. What are... What are you doing? Of course not. But we'll have time for clarity later. First, we need to determine if you're worthy to join the Dark Brotherhood. You take lives easily enough, so we know that you can kill. Now show us <laughs> that you can Please also me. obey. I want this. I want Chips. This. What? Chips, quiet. Okay. Making a man. Uh, okay, well, what do you have to offer? Splendid. We shall see how well you marry business with death. But first, allow me to present you with a gift. I shall teach you how to call upon a particular tool of our trade. What did you call me? You're getting a oh, weapon. You're getting a weapon. You're that's a, weapon. a tool for dealing death, of course. One forged by unseen hands. The Blade of Woe. Wield it from the shadows, and its edge shall deliver your prey to Sithis in the void. Ooh, that's shiny. You're gonna give this to me? Okay. In return, I expect only unwavering loyalty and ruthless efficiency. But I'm... I wanted... I'm the murderer! Jibs! Keep it down. Oh, crap. I shouldn't say that right. Uh, we're in a tavern. I like to use staggers and... Push them into. Oh, forget it. I'm done. I'm done. Call me. I. I hope he invites me to one day. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. So, well, I guess we should do a lore lesson on the Dark Brotherhood, huh? I would imagine so. I was planning on doing it anyway to avoid what would just happened. That's not good. Well, I mean, you, you know, you're kind of like in the in the know now. You're in the thing. You gotta, you know, you gotta get violent. You gotta stabby stab. Get that. Get that. Yeah, that's not me. Get that. Blade so let's talk about the Dark Brotherhood. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, we were just introduced to it. Um, what happened last week? I did not think was going to allude to what just happened now. However, it did. It's a good thing that I spent a good portion of the last week studying them when I've been trying to avoid them for so long. Anyway, <laughs> the Dark Brotherhood. From the very mysterious place in the shadows, evidently, as evidenced by what just happened, they are a guild of assassins. They lurk in the dark corners of Tamriel. The Dark Brotherhood is not an organization operating within the confines of the law, if you can't tell. So... When the law does happen to find them, they have very strong connections with the underground world, and they manipulate the system with bribery, blackmail, coercion, and murder, and that's how they keep their secrets secret. I love it. Ooh. Yeah, you do. Sheesh. So excited. So you heard the mention of the void in the Dreadfather Sithis. So the Dark Brotherhood is known for worshiping the Dreadfather Sithis, led by the Night Mother. Now there's a lot of tales that revolve around these. Some of the tales have revealed that the Night Mother was the wife of Sithis, and she actually murdered their five children in his honor. Now that is some dark doo-doo. Mm -hmm. 
So some consider the Night Mother to be none other than Mafala or the patroness of the Dark Brotherhood. Underneath her, the next in command in the Dark Brotherhood is the Black Hand. This is a group comprised of a listener and four speakers. So the listener is a direct link to the Night Mother and she receives orders from, or he receives orders from her words. The listener will relay that information to the speakers who in turn dispatch their Dark Brotherhood agents to execute whatever orders were given. So the identities of the listener and the speakers are always very well hidden, even within the Dark Brotherhood itself. Oh, man. There's a little symbolism here. Because what did we receive last week? We received a letter that said, we know, Mm -hmm. with the imprint of a five-fingered hand. So that is the symbolism between the Night Mother and the speakers, wherein you have a listener. Mm Mm-hmm. And the speakers, right? Listener, right. four speakers. Yep. So I'm, I'm figuring you're following this. I, I'm all about this. Yep. Yeah. So a little bit in the about the land of Argonia. This is, I kind of got a little interested in this too, since I have a new uh, Argonian. <laughs> the shadow scales. Well, let's talk about the shadow scales. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people like to RP their character as a shadow scale. So throughout the history of the Dark Brotherhood, a very special relationship was formed with the Argonian race. An Argonian-only section of the Brotherhood, known as the Shadow Scales, is comprised of Argonians that are born under the sign of the Shadow. So these hatchlings are taken at birth and presented to the Dark Brotherhood for training. They learn stealth and assassination uh, subterfuge at a very, very young age. Wow. So then... Once they become of age, the, uh, when they the Shadow Scales will f- fulfill their assignment to the Dark Brotherhood in service of Argonia, and they're accepted into full membership with the Brotherhood once they become adults. Um, if they decide they don't want to, these Shadow Scales, deserters of the Shadow Scales, are killed. They're punished with death. Wow. So, yeah, that's that was a, actually pretty cool. Yeah, that's a gnarly upbringing. But... Yeah, and the Shadow Scales are, are known to be among the best in the Dark Brotherhood. Oh, wow. So, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's a thing. Hmm. Okay, so how would one acquire their services? Now, if you have played through some of the games, you have seen or heard, especially if you played through the Dark Brotherhood quest lines, which are oh, so awesome. Mm. They're so good. Mm. Um, okay, so acquiring their services, the most well-known method of getting the attention of the Dark Brotherhood is to perform a ritual known as the Black Sacrament. It's a very profane process and it allows those who perform it to be heard by the Night Mother. It's the Night Mother herself. So what you have to do in this ritual is you use actual body parts, heart, skull, bones, and flesh. You encircle them by candles and you have to have a dagger kind of like the Blade of Woe. Mm-hmm rubbed with the petals of the nightshade plant. So the following is whispered. Once all this is in place, the following is whispered as part of the process. Sweet mother, sweet mother, send your child unto me, for the sins of the unworthy must be baptized in blood and fear. Yeah. Cue the chills. Yeah, buddy. 
It's freaking creepy, dude. It is. You can actually see someone doing it in the ESO, by the way. For those of you who have not played Dark Brotherhood, you get to see this. Yes. And to add another layer of creepy, in Skyrim, there's actually a child that yeah, does it. Yeah, that was creepy. <laughs> it's even yeah, yeah, it's even creepier to see a kid doing it. It's like, oh my god, that is evil. It's like, this just <laughs> happened. Oh, man. Yeah. So the origins of the Dark Brotherhood uh, has been speculated throughout the years, but many scholars have speculated the birth of the Brotherhood began in the Second Era with the Morag Tong, which you know is an ancient guild of assassins in Morrowind. You run through the Morrowind quest line and you will run into the Morag Tong extensively. Yep. (laughs) A lot. lot. So it is believed that the Dark Brotherhood was formed when some members split from the Morag Tong over the backlash the guild received after they assassinated Emperor Remen III in the First Era, and then years later his successor, Versidu Shai, in the Second Era. So after this pair of acts, the Morag Tong got outlawed all across the continent. So one reason for the split was believed that after they were outlawed, the Morag Tong appealed to Morrowind's tribunal to basically secure their existence. Well, in exchange for their continued existence, the Morag Tong stopped all worship of Mafala and began to worship Vivek instead. So, yeah, so it didn't, it didn't fly well with some of the members of the Dark Brotherhood, um, apparently. So the Morag Tong would limit their, contact, their contracts to inner house rivalry that existed between uh, some of the houses in Morrowind. Well, that really limited the Morag Tong. Um, so a lot of members of the Morag Tong did not agree with the terms of the different worship and them only doing inner house rivalries up in Morrowind. So they subsequently left and formed the Dark Brotherhood. That's one theory. The other theory is that the split from the Morag Tong and the Dark Brotherhood's formation was a lot more religious in nature. So it was speculated that after the assassinations of the leaders in the Morag Tong's persecution, Sithis himself spoke to a former assassin and demanded the formation of a new guild which would continue to worship Sithis and not Mafala and would better satisfy the Void's hunger for souls. Man, this is gnarly. <laughs> yes, very gnarly. So some uh, then believe that the Dark... This is a third theory, that the Dark Brotherhood was formed as an offshoot of the Thieves' Guild, not the Morag Tongue. So the belief holds that some of the members of the Thieves' Guild found it easier to perform burglaries when the occupants were murdered first. I'm like, no, duh. Well, yeah, it'll be easier because there's nobody to detect you. Yeah, there's nobody to either defend themselves or defend their home or yell for the guards. Mm -hmm. So the first of these unlucky occupants was a woman who was said to have become, she was killed and then said to have become the night mother herself. The Thieves Guild leadership disagreed with this heinous practice and thus the Dark Brotherhood was founded. Hmm. Which one do you believe? I'm going with a mix of one and two. I like Morag Tong. I like that theory. It's kind of cool. I like that, uh, but I feel like I feel like somewhere in there, there's got to be a Daedra that's involved. So I feel like that's where number two kind of comes into. But I really don't yeah, put much. Mafala. Yeah, I really don't put much uh, much theory in the, the third. 
third uh, explanation. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, I'm not denying that it happened. Yeah. You know, maybe they... I don't think maybe that's how the the Thieves' Guild or the Dark Brotherhood was formed out of the Thieves' Guild, but I think there's probably been some people who, in the process of thieving, have murdered somebody. And there's one sitting right in front of you. Because... <laughs> Now you get that Dude, nice. you get caught sometimes. You get caught sometimes, and it's like, you shut your mouth! And you end up just stabby, stabby, stabby. <laughs> you melt them. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, I guess this Dark Brotherhood thing is a natural progression for me. Mm. Welcome to the Dark Side, my friend. Now, if only if I can get invited. I hate how you're the yeah. one who gets invited. Goody two-shoes. And I'm the one over here who loves to slaughter in this game. So it I'm takes not. a big Molag ball back, buddy. I don't even have a comment. I don't have a comeback. Let's talk about the glory days of the Dark Brotherhood. During the centuries following the Second Empire, the Dark Brotherhood uh, truly did prosper. They became a very, very powerful entity, most particularly right where we're at right here in the Gold Coast. Um, Lots of nobles lost their lives during a power struggle in the region. I think some of that power struggle is still going on during our time period in Elder Scrolls Online. However, let's look to the future. In the third era, Tiber Septim, Tiber Septim's heir himself, Pelagius I, was murdered by the Dark Brotherhood as he prayed in the Temple of the One. Mm-hmm. That is some hardcore crap right there. No, okay. gnarly political struggle stuff, and he got murdered. So, um, despite a lot of internal power struggles and outside attempts to dismantle the organization, the Dark Brotherhood continued to spread power and influence all across the land um, and they basically were able to have some type of a hidden guild hall or city some type of a hidden guild hall in every city or town I'm like we got a by city? The third, <laughs> <laughs> by the third era uh, around year 400 um, but after several attempts they never really gained control over the region in Morrowind as uh, Morag Tong repelled them at every every attempt. So it kind of lends to the power of the Morag Tong as well. But um, late in the Third Era, the Dark Brotherhood ended up being plagued with betrayal from within. So one of their trusted speakers, a assassin by the name of Mathau Bellamont, set forth a plan to avenge the death of his mother, who was assassinated by the Dark Brotherhood. It's like, oh, we killed your mom, but hey, do you want a spot? So during that time period, um, a lot of the members of the Brotherhood Sanctuary in Chadenhall were murdered by a rising newcomer to the Order. Some of you may remember this from a certain game as you played through. Yes. The newcomer was deceived by Bellamont into this purification of the Brotherhood. And subsequently, two of the four speakers were killed before Bellamont himself was slain by the newcomer, once figured it out, um, who was then named the Listener by the Night Mother. If you don't remember, this is from, I want to say this is Oblivion? Oh man, it's been so long. I don't remember. Yeah. It's not Skyrim for sure. Um, I think it was Oblivion. It'd have to be Oblivion because it's definitely not Morrowind. Yeah. No, yeah, it's not more. So, Oblivion. Anyway, you yourself as the player go through this quest line and then you end up killing Bellamont. 
and then you get named listener, which is creepy AF when you go through the whole thing. It's like, whoa, that's darling. I will say this. Back then when Oblivion launched, I think it was it was like 2001 or something. Um, back then I was younger. That creeped me out. This whole quest line, I remember it creeping me out. I couldn't do it all back then. Yes, I remember doing running through this particular quest line like after the wife and kid went to bed. Mm-hmm. I'd sneak into my office and play Oblivion. And um, there were a, quite a few times where, I mean, it's dead blackout dark in my office and I'm playing through this thing on PC and I'm like looking, literally looking behind me going, this is gnarly. Yeah. But I yeah. dug it. It was so <laughs> fun to, to go through that quest line. Yeah. So, okay. Let's talk about the fall of the Brotherhood. Mm. I don't want to, but it does happen. So the fourth era, it was a very dark time for the Brotherhood, and it really brought struggle and eventually some devastating blows to the Dark Brotherhood. External and internal factors prevented the organization from really recovering from the events of the late third era, where, you know, they there's a lot of stuff that happened and, and end up losing a lot of their members in that betrayal. Um, but the events and the instability in much of Tamriel during the times of the Great War, a lot of the Dark Brotherhood sanctuaries were destroyed or evacuated, and it really the Dark Brotherhood agents got scattered across Tamriel in chaos. Um, a lot of them, a lot of the Dark Brotherhood, because of like the major political parties going on during the Great War, there was a lot of conflict with the Brotherhood, and a lot of the agents were killed by these political parties. So during that time, the Dark Brotherhood found a lot of difficulty in kind of securing and organizing contracts in those areas, and it really weakened their reputation, for sure. Uh, the Shadow Scale training facility at Archon in Black Marsh was abandoned. They had no new recruits um, to train, so the Shadow Scale tradition started to disappear. And then also during this dark period, the Black Hand became divided on which direction to take the organization. Basically couldn't make up his mind. And because of this, many sanctuaries began to fall. They, they were all just disorganized, demoralized. And then by the early part of the fourth era, there were really only four known active Dark Brotherhood sanctuaries remaining in Tamriel. And they were in Chadenhall, Wayrest, uh, Corinth, and elsewhere, and then in Falkreath. Um... In the fourth era, year 188, a bunch of civil unrest led to the destruction of the Wayrest Sanctuary. That again scattered them, out, uh, scattered them all over the place. Uh, several members of the Brotherhood were killed, including the listener from Wayrest was killed. The Night Mother's Crypt was destroyed, except for the Night Mother's Stone Coffin, which was saved by the only sole survivor of that attack. And Somehow, it doesn't really go, the history doesn't go into how he got this giant stone coffin uh, to Chadenhall, but he ended up, was able to get it to Chadenhall. And um, so because of this chaos they were in, there was no new listener chosen by the Night Mother. She was out of her sanctuary, just uh, within her coffin. And the Brotherhood was really, they were left to rely on like word of mouth uh, contracts. Hmm. That was all they could get because they couldn't. She, she couldn't hear anything. She couldn't hear the pleas from people doing the sacrament. So they tried to revive her, 
the Night Mother, mm. uh, including the Black Hand's reaffirmation of the ancient position of Keeper. And the Black Hand was charged with keeping the Night Mother's corpse intact so that her spirit could remain in Tamriel and speak to a listener. But Rasha, the leader of the Chadenhall Sanctionary, she claimed to be the listener. But the problem was, I mean, she just wanted things to go on. So she just stepped up and said, I am the listener. Well, she couldn't confirm the words that the Night Mother had taught to all listeners, which is part of the um, indoctrination of a new listener. She did not know the words that the Night Mother spoke. Well, when the other listeners heard this, they kill her. (laughs) (laughs) So eventually... Late in the well, actually, still kind of early in the fourth era, but there was only one remaining member of the Dark Brotherhood in Cyrodiil. His name was Cicero the Keeper. He was said to have gone mad from the isolation, the demoralization, demoralization and desperation. And in the fourth era, year two hundred, the Night Mother was taken by Cicero to the Falkreath Sanctuary. But Falkreath was destroyed around that time, and. Uh, most, if not all, the members were killed. So it's still unknown whether or not Cicero actually reached the sanctuary before it was destroyed, what happened to the Night Mother's um, tomb or her coffin. And some reports claim that although the entirety of the Brotherhood was wiped out, that the Brotherhood survived and is still in operation today. I love how that ended because it's still like, man, there's still some mystery. I know. Are they still alive? Nobody knows. Not even Mike. I love it. This was back when I first started playing. I fell in love with the Dark Brotherhood back in Oblivion just because of the whole, oh my gosh, this is so incredibly sinister and it's so incredibly mysterious. Like, there is so much power in that. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Right. I need more of this. And so ever since then, I've been a fan of the Brotherhood. I loved this. Yep. Well done. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Mm, 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 mm. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this special episode of the Lore Secrets Podcast, the prelude to Somerset. This was episode 12, and if you enjoyed the show, we hope that you did. Head on over to iTunes, give us a review, tell us how we're doing. For every five-star review on tw- on Twitter, gosh, on iTunes, <laughs> we give you a shout-out on the show. And speaking of, we've got some uh, in there ever- Quest in our ever quest. Wow, in our ever unending endeavor to get caught up on some on these all these reviews, we got three today. Uh, Crazy Twig says, "I've been a fan of the Elder Scrolls games since Morrowind. It took me a while to pick up ESO. Uh, I'm completely hooked. When I saw this podcast featured on the then I'm sorry, I saw this podcast featured on the website." It's like they knew exactly what I was looking for in a podcast. It's very noob-friendly, and the lore lessons are awesome. It caused me to care more about the story. I follow up the lessons with visits to relevant locations. Oh, my gosh. Then get caught up in the quests and stories. I feel like I'm more part of the story instead of just another tune grinding toward the end game like I've done every other MMO. Thanks, guys. I feel like we could stop right now. I feel like a champ. (laughs) (laughs) This is our dude. I love this. This is our dude. This is exactly what we want to happen. We want you to take what we're doing in the show 
Yes. And like it so much that you go out into the game and yes. seek these stories this, and yes. locations out. I'm so happy right this now. This is the embodiment of what the whole point of this podcast was about. Fun, yep. great times, good memories, but most importantly, getting you guys out in the world and, gosh, just chewing on this one. This is awesome. Thank you so yep. much. Thank you. Thank you, Forrest. We appreciate that. Uh, Supreme Scoot says, I am new to ESO and was so lost, but thanks to these guys, I'm understanding how things work a lot better and actually enjoying it instead of scratching my head at things. (laughs) I get that because I was there. That's a reason why I'm sitting in this chair right now talking about ESO (laughs) so we can understand these things. Thank you, Scoot. Uh, Chipper Giant, Chipper Nat says (laughs) words are hard dude a chipper gnat says i've loved elder scrolls since 2002 and their lore segments are teaching me plenty these guys got me so excited to play eso again that i quit my ps4 version oh sorry and restarted on pc (laughs) to join them in their guild yes keep it going jibs and cash looking forward to a successful future thank you a chipper gnat we appreciate so that, and it's good to have you on uh, PC with us. Yes, we're also on PS4 now, so you can you can you can pick that back up if you want. But I understand if you stick with PC add-ons, man. Add-ons. All right, well, everyone, thank you so much. We appreciate your reviews. We appreciate your con- continued support and just uh, everything you guys continue to do. Being a part of the community, joining our guild, which we're going to talk about in a second. Thank you so much. Call us. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear more voicemails. Maybe you're listening and you just got a comment about the Dark Brotherhood that leads to a question that you want us to answer. You can call us anytime, 24-7. Leave us a voicemail at 765-382-6961. You can also email us your questions at loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can just head over to our main site at loreseekerspodcast.com and scroll to the bottom on the homepage, and there is a contact email there. Cash, guilds, my friend. Yes, we are part of guilds. We are part of the Meridia's Order of Guards at mog-nation.com. It's a guild for adults and working professionals and part of the Mog Nation of Multigaming Guild, North American PC. You can go to that website and apply for membership. We are part of the Divine Conclave and RP community. They are at SOCAN, S-O-K-A-N dot engine dot com. And then, of course, our own guild, the Lore Seekers Guild. We are PC, North America. We are now on PS4. And very soon, (laughs) a mysterious third platform (laughs) may or may not appear. Excited. Man, hint, hint. I tell you what, I love um, our community, dude. This is nuts. I love them. Yeah, we ha- we really do have a great budding community. It's it's pretty active. There's people over there every day, and um, people wanting to do stuff. It's re- it's really cool to see yeah. um, people jumping in, and um, a lot of the the people who are with us at Lore Seekers are also with us at Meridia's. Um, so hop in. Um, it's really easy to join. Just go to loreseekerspodcast.com slash guild. Three things. Download Discord. Join our Discord server. And then once you're in our Discord server, you will see a couple channels. Go to the Apply to Guild channel and type slash apply. And follow the application. It's really pretty easy to do. Agreed. There's a lot of you who are joining who are new to Discord. You've never used it before, and that's totally fine. Uh, The guild page will walk you through it. 
the link is there for you to click to join the Discord server. Discord itself is a voice or a text, um, basically, app that uh, allows you to talk and chit-chat with other people and bring pretty much connect everybody from all over the world together. And that's what we're doing with the Lore Seekers Guild, connecting all of our listeners in one place and uh, truly some awesome people. We've got the PS4 Guild that's now up and running and it's thriving. They've made a copy of our tavern from our guild, the PC version. It's amazing. They've done a great job. Shout out to uh, Never and Caddy. Well done. Um, and so, yeah, if you're wanting to join up, even if you're, even if I mean, we've got people who don't even play ESO, but they listen to this show, they play Elder Scrolls and they still want to be a part, come join. Seriously, we don't care if you're not playing ESO and you maybe you're just playing Skyrim or maybe you're doing a playthrough of Oblivion. Come join. Come be a part of the party. It doesn't matter. Uh, we are an 18 plus guild. You know, just come join, have a good time. Uh, you can find this show. There's a lot of people who don't realize this, but you can find this podcast actually on Spotify. It's pretty easy. You type in Elder Scrolls Online and boom, right there. Under the podcast tab, we're the first one to show up. You can't miss us. You can queue us up, listen to us all the time. Of course, and we're on just anywhere else where podcasts are available iTunes, Stitcher, all the good stuff. Google Play, there as well. So, anyway, you can follow myself on Twitter at JibsIRL, Cash at ModCash with a K. It's also how you can get a hold of us in game as well. It's our account. And then you can get a hold of us on Twitter. Follow us the show. Follow the show. Most importantly, at Lore Seekers Cast. That's it. We'll be back next week with hopefully some reset in our hands. We're really kind of yeah. concerned. We're, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we're either going to be happy or rage quit. We're going to be really, really happy or we're going to be full Bosmer. That's what's going to happen next week. Yeah, for sure. There might be a lot of murder happening in game Make next use week. of that blade of woe. <laughs> That's right. I'm so jealous. Well, anyway, you guys have a great week in gaming. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here at the Tavern. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Dilly dilly! Alright, man. So, look, if you're going to be doing this, if you're going to be the one that's initiated, then I think it's proper that you know how to kill. So here's what you do. Hold the dagger like this. Alright? Okay? Okay. Alright. All right. Thumb on top of the handle. You don't want to cut your finger. And then when you you want to come back behind the person. Dude, keep it down. There's people around. Alright. So what you're going to do is going to walk up behind them. Very sneaky-like. Very kajiti-like. Okay. Sneaky-sneaky. Yeah. Takes that dagger. Insert to the back. Any area really works. It's the best part so, about using the okay. okay, keep it down. Okay. Right. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna like sneak up on this guy. I'm not take a, really gonna we'll, do it. Well take a couple practice swings, you know, get the feel. Get a good jab in. Get the you know Okay. This feel it feels damn, it feels really good actually. Okay. Alright. Okay. Alright, okay. So okay, so just right. watch, watch, okay. Hey, try the hey, try the angry Nord. Try that guy over there. Just just practice. Okay. Alright. You mean but he's He's asleep. He's just-
He's working. asleep. He's asleep. It's okay. He's probably just taking a break from work. Just, well, you know, just, just do the motion. You don't have to stab him. Just do the motion. I mean, But what? He didn't even do anything. Well, that's... Well, most people you're going to kill haven't done anything to you. So just, you know, get a good motion. Oh, this is... Get a good feel. Right, this is terrible. Right, I'll do it, it, but this is terrible. No one's around. Just do it. Come on. Okay. All right. Ah! Oh, crap! Oops. I didn't mean to stab him! Holy... Run! 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 